You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's March 8th. New technologies are rapidly transforming the world and testing humanity's ability to adapt. And as the future gets faster and faster, the speed of life itself could pose security challenges. Consider people who have to make really important decisions in a crisis. In the future, they'll have less time to react and more information coming at them. Rand's Catherine Bauskel, an anthropologist, recently gave a TEDx talk about how humans deal with speed today and what could happen 20 years down the road. Here's a clip. If all of these faster technologies were supposed to free us from drudgery, why do we all feel so pressed for time? Why are we crashing our cars in record numbers because we think we have to answer that text right away? Shouldn't life in the fast lane feel a little more fun and a little less anxious? German speakers even have a word for this, Eilkrankheit. In English, that's hurry sickness. So what can be done to help humans overcome hurry sickness? Finding solutions starts with the understanding that people, individually and as a society, have more control over speed than we think. Here's Bauskal again. Culture and rituals around the world build in slowness because slowness helps us reinforce our shared values and connect. And connection is a critical part of being human. We need to master speed, and that means thinking carefully about the trade-offs of any given technology. Will it help you reclaim time that you can use to express your humanity? Will it give you hurry sickness? Will it give other people hurry sickness? If you're lucky enough to decide the pace that you want to travel through life, that's a privilege. Use it. To read more about this research and view the full TEDx talk, visit rand.org slash speedoflife. Offering people a cash reward to use lower-priced medical providers can help reduce healthcare spending. That's according to a new RAND study. Researchers examined a program that pays patients $25 to $500 to use lower-priced providers for certain elective procedures. Over the course of one year, the program saved an estimated $2.3 million, or $8 per enrollee. Savings were greatest for imaging services such as MRIs, ultrasounds, and mammograms. According to Rand's Christopher Whaley, who led the study, employers are increasingly turning to financial rewards programs like this as a way to cut healthcare spending. This strategy is especially appealing because it encourages patients to price shop without increasing their out-of-pocket costs. Rand's Andrew Morale testified before a House of Representatives subcommittee yesterday. The topic? What research can tell us about how to prevent gun violence in the United States? Morale's testimony was informed by a sweeping research project that he led, the RAND Gun Policy in America Initiative. This study is one of the largest ever conducted on the effects of U.S. gun policies. It revealed that there is a shortage of evidence about the effects of most gun laws. That's why more high-quality research is needed. Here's Morale. A lack of investment in gun policy research means we do not have compelling answers to very basic questions, like do gun-free zones deter gun violence or do they invite it? How do child access prevention laws affect gun owners' ability to defend themselves and their homes? 
These are the kinds of questions for which there's strong disagreement between policy analysts on opposing sides of the debate. Importantly, these are disagreements about facts, facts that are knowable in principle, but that require careful study. When there's been such long-standing disagreement about facts that go to the heart of what constitutes an effective or even a fair gun law, we should be investing in careful and objective research to discover the truth. Morale goes on to outline steps Congress could take to help build a robust and transformative gun policy research environment. To learn more about the RAND Gun Policy in America initiative, visit rand.org slash gun policy. A debate is brewing over whether American-born Hoda Muthana, who left for the Islamic State in 2015 and now wishes to return home, is still a U.S. citizen. According to RAND's Brian Michael Jenkins, this distracts from the larger issue of what to do about ISIS detainees who are being held by U.S.-backed Kurdish and Arab forces in Syria. Leaving them in the desert may sound like, quote, biblical punishment, he says, but this would be dangerous. Why? Jenkins explains that repatriation and prosecution could help ensure ISIS volunteers don't scatter to other jihadist fronts. A mechanic from a military family who plans to be a career soldier. A single mom who's struggling to balance army life and parenting. An ambitious supply specialist who believes the army will help her succeed. New Rand research explores the lives of junior soldiers, in their own words. Each soldier's story is unique, but there are some common themes that emerged. For example, the soldiers felt similarly about what makes a good leader, and most of them said they were satisfied with their social life in the Army. These stories offer lessons for policymakers, Army leaders and recruiters, and anyone considering a career in the Army. You can read them at rand.org slash lifeasaprivate. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. See you next week.